Hi guys, welcome back to the Full Feature Podcast. I'm joined, as always, with Tiernan and Ian, and we are going to talk this week about one of our favourite directors, I think. One of the most critically acclaimed and hottest directors in the world for the last yeah, decade world, now yeah. at the moment. Last two decades. Yeah. Last two decades. And that is Christopher Nolan. And um, we just finished watching his breakout film. Um, well, actually, we just finished watching his very first film that he's credited for, uh, Doodlebug. Doodlebug, yeah. Uh, that's a really fun uh, short film that you should definitely watch. It's about three minutes long. It's on YouTube. Do you guys want to add to that? Or There's nothing to, there's nothing to yeah. add to a yeah. three-minute yeah. movie. It's, it's fun. It's really fun. It's cool. Like You see like all the camera work that like he's getting, yeah. getting used to messing around with. And like what's really cool about Nolan is like from a very early set, you could see how interested he was about like creating suspense. suspense and you can yeah. see that in Doodle Ball. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Away, yeah. I mean, it's, it's as you say, it's a three-minute short. It's him just toying around with a camera, but it's also the most Nolan short film ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you just show that somebody go, yeah, that's so Christopher Nolan. But there's CG effects in it, which like he, yeah, he which kind are, of like he yeah, doesn't use. Which are very good, very, yeah, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we actually just finished watching uh, his breakout film. Uh, it's called Following. And I don't know about you guys. It's an hour long. I really, really enjoyed this film. It has a lot of shades and mementos we were talking about. Um, but I thought it was it's only an hour long it's very kind of Nolan-esque you can see where you know his style breaks through from the very start um, very well paced for an yeah, hour yeah well paced I mean it felt like maybe half an hour it's really an hour, yeah. I mean you were in it straight yeah yeah it, it, yeah, it, it brings you in pulls you in like and with a lot of Nolan films you get pulled in straight, straight away yeah. um, it's one of my favorite aspects of watching his films mm. you can just stick it on and majority of age groups will love it yeah um but yeah no this is a this is also on youtube um it's got spanish subtitles on it but, but yeah if you can they, speak they, spanish did they not go away at some stage i feel like they weren't on it for the end i don't know it was kind no, of no they were there were they there they were there yeah, yeah. but that forget. shows they had engaging the film was. yeah there you go um but Tim, you were saying that this film was they all had full-time jobs so yeah, this this film is his directorial debut, and it just like wasn't funded at all. I believe. I mean, like that being said, like a film that's not funded is still probably has like a, some sort of financial ten grand or so behind it, like yeah, oh, yeah. just over ten grand or so. But um, they all had full time jobs, and they were filming it over the weekends for like a year, which is insane. None of them, like as we were saying, like the the kind of villain or kind of antagonist in it I suppose yeah antagonist uh, or supporting character basically uh, Cobb in this film who is also the name of the lead in Inception Leonardo DiCaprio's character in Inception but he is played by what What was his name Jack Alex, Alex Hall? Hall Alex Hall H-A-W. yeah H-A-W and at the time he was studying yeah, to so, be yeah he was in engineering school and he started in a couple of plays and he blew me away in this movie it's yeah. the only thing he's ever done it's the only thing he's ever credited to but he's excellent in this. He steals the show, really. He really does. Um, I know he's guy. an architect. Uh, well, I presume so. I don't know. Uh, there wasn't much information, but he went to architecture school. and uh, he, like he doesn't work in the film industry. He doesn't work in the film industry, like, yet. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, he did this, and he's brilliant in it. And he basically steals the show, in my opinion. He should be... He's. I mean, this is the type of movie where there's two main characters. We're talking about this, where, yeah. you know, in some aspects, it's not really... Yeah, 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 you're following one character, thinking that this it's is. It's a main. Yeah, he plays yeah. this kind of suave kind of individual. Mm. In, like, there's a lot of suave individuals in these movies. There is. Yeah, like definitely, it, it yeah. definitely has themes of like we we're saying, uh, a couple of his later films. You can see memento in this a lot. Even with the pacing, it's non-linear story. Non-linear story. Yeah, and storytelling. Yeah. I think the thing about it as well was like uh, it, it really impressed me. I have to say, even though I kind of knew what I was going to get a classic Nolan film watching it. And I think his filmmaking has definitely evolved 
now. It's gone beyond that. Because um, I would imagine there was a bit of a point where you were expecting a bit of a Tarantino thing, whereas like a lot of people were expecting non-linear stories from Tarantino when he started making films because of obviously Reservoir Dogs and yeah. Pulp Fiction. I'd say that happened a little bit with Chris Nolan at the start, and he has done that non-linear thing. I think he actually took non-linear, which was being done by Tarantino, and then gave it an even fresher spin again, where it's like it's even patchier. And he did it in like different formats. Different as formats. Well. Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, as we as we were saying, like Memento's kind of in reverse, and it kind of meets in the, in the middle, middle and, yeah. and then like the story comes together in a big culmination. Whilst also like you don't know where you began, you don't know where you ended. Yeah, exactly. Whereas Inception is very much like. Try keep up. You don't know where you're gonna be at, but like. <laughs> but, 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 Follows, but in know. saying that, so the, the the thing about this podcast is, it, it, most people listen to this. Christopher Nolan films, while they are like, they're very high concept. They're very, kind of, very deeply written. They are extremely accessible. I mean, every like like any kind of regular cinema goer yeah. would have seen Nolan's movies. Yeah, they're alt blockbusters. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great way to describe They're like indie blocks. Yeah. 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 Uh, everyone knows that when you see Christmas Nolan film, you're getting something film. a little bit different. Um, so, with following, it's essentially the story about a guy who follows people around. Um, a writer. Some sort of, a writer. He's got a kind of a little bit of a compulsion. And then he stumbles across this guy, Cobb, who cops onto him following him. And then the story just goes from there. It just takes a completely different turn. And it's it's all every minute you're struggling to keep up with uh, razor sharp dialogue. I mean, mm, we yeah. couldn't excellent, dialogue. excellent dialogue. Especially like a few scenes that you could tell that were probably his baby mm. writing this script. Like he really used some great dialogue yeah, in this film. Yeah. And I, I did think that it dipped like slightly in some certain. I, I felt like the chemistry between him and the woman. It kind of felt when, when, yeah, when yeah. Cobb wasn't in any of the scenes I felt like the the quality not in like the dialogue or the setting but just the acting kind of felt 100% the, the, I mean, the acting is probably the worst thing about this film bar Cobb I think uh, yeah definitely because I mean it's, it's such a low budget film that it's so impressive to see like you can see like his blueprints Nolan's blueprints there and how masterful and like high tier they are even at this early stage in his career and like it's just small elements that kind of like take away from it but they don't even really because I mm. mean like it's still such an enticing story Listen, it's, it's free like, it had it wasn't funded it, it was wasn't filmed fun. on the weekends I mean, exactly. you can appreciate it so much more that's, that's a walk into it like that that's if a testament yeah, yeah. to how good Nolan is yeah, yeah you can see the talent there's you, raw talent there we've, like. we've talked about how many factors can fuck up a movie sometimes it's the director sometimes it's a miscasting sometimes it's the actor sometimes studio. the writer even that's wrong sometimes the studio interference with Nolan it's like he is using a bare bones camera with unprofessional actors uh, shooting on weekends uh, you know having to pick certain locations and he made a story that is so engaging it has you in from minute one and you are just totally totally sucked into it I, I, I can't recommend it enough it's such a good starting place for Nolan as well but what I was just saying to Jack there was before we, we started the podcast like uh, it's uh, following is noticeably darker than his his later films and like I, I said in a previous podcast what I love so much about Inception is that there's no real villain all these people are are, are kind of the good guys and, and I love that every single character is as kind of good as the last whereas there's kind of a bit of a, a clear antagonist in this um, but in saying that it's really crazy to watch this and go this is the same guy who made the three Batman movies the yeah. three mo- and like they're so 
while there is Nolan elements to the Batman movies, they're just so widely different and different in well, scale. He, uh, and he took them on to get funding for his later film. Yeah. Inception was, his, was the his, later film yeah. that the, he wanted movie, to go ahead. The build up to the yeah, yeah. Memento, and then he went. And I mean, like, years, yeah. To, yeah, he yeah. did Batman Begins, Prestige the year after. He did The Dark Knight, Inception, Inception the in between, year after. And then The Dark Knight Rises. And then The Dark Knight Rises, and then I believe he just did. He went straight on to do Interstellar. Interstellar so that, that man yeah. was bashing. Yeah, the he out. hits. He hits like proper them out of the park for he really like goes. he hits them like 12 years yeah, consistently just uh, just a, a really no even longer sorry like 14 15 years a, a meticulous man like so, yeah so in saying that that's a good place because we, we can't really say too much about following without spoiling it it's it's a, yeah it's a twisty it's a twisting and turning story but it does come together nicely in the end it really does and i mean that's all thing about i feel like why we're appreciating the likes of Cobb so much and even even like the the main character when he was with Cobb really bounced off him well. I thought that, I thought that there was good acting all around for what it is. But I think what this is a great example of is how much a script and good writing can elevate acting. Yeah, like to a serious level because these actors, none of them, nothing came of them, you know. And like while like we may have our like slight complaints about how they performed, I mean the script really elevated it them really to the next did, level, yeah. and it really brings this film that had little to no funding to to like a Christopher Nolan level, mm. you know. And um, it looks great as well in black and white. Which it's a is solid seven out of ten for me. It really is like it's. it's yeah, and I think I'd probably give it a seven point five because of the fact it's not. It's all these factors on, on that we discussed. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in saying that, let's go into Memento a little bit. Well, as I told you, the great thing about this was he he showed the fo- he showed the following or is it just following? I think, I think it's just, it's just following. following. He showed following at the Korean Film Festival. And then he asked the audience for funding for his next film, Memento. So he was clearly still on a shoestring budget, even for Memento, which is definitely a lot lower scale than his, his following films, as yeah. in like funding wise and like extravagance wise. Yeah. So that like these, both of these films definitely wouldn't be all blockbusters yet, you know. No, I think of... I think following and Memento are kind of like double features. They're the mm-hmm. kind of thing that yeah. they're, they're 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 kind of sister movies. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. very similar in many ways. Obviously, they're they're two different stories with with different characters, but there's a lot of style choices there. There's a lot of you know structural choices there that yeah. are, that are quite similar. But in saying that, you know, Memento is it's it's probably like what he wanted to do with following with a big budget yeah. mm-hmm. that's kind of it's, and it's seeing it to come yeah. to fruition or like just I, I separate vision of a script or something exactly it feels like, like every yeah. time like when you like you see this a lot with art when it's done once and it's their baby and then when and they then move like, on from that I'm going to like yeah yeah they take the best elements yeah. out of everything and then and get rid of the old the not the bad elements but no the, 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 the stuff that yeah. you can improve on yeah exactly, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah because yeah. there's nothing bad about following it's just memento is the dream realized yeah, yeah yeah the, the, the even though I think I probably prefer it, following to Memento yeah I, I, I actually think yeah. I, I think I might agree with you there I mean when I have to say when I first saw Memento it blew me away like yeah. I, I've never seen a film that like it was ruined for me so was, I was just oh, remember, nightmare yeah. was this that? is the thing so I don't mm. want to say too much about these films Memento is essentially it stars Guy Pierce, who I'm normally not a huge fan of. But me I think neither. He did, I think he did he's a great job. Is, but he, he, he is, he's not good he's in general, a though. He's actor, not. Like, Ever yeah. since I saw him, it's all just Killian. In, uh, in Iron Man 3. Iron Man 3, <laughs> yeah. No, let's not get into that. I'll put <laughs> that guy of worms again. Quickly on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so he, he's essentially, um, what's his character's name again? Lenny, but is that what he's called? Like, I think he's referred to as Lenny in... 
in the movie, but you know. I think that there's like a whole kind of just like it's Leonard to Lenny, Leonard, Leonard, yeah, but, um, yeah, yeah. but there's a yeah, there's, there's a, like ambiguity. Behind, there's ambiguity like, the behind everything, character. and it's the same as it's the same as following. There's ambiguity behind the characters' names as well. I mean, they refer to him as Bill in it, but I don't think he was billed as Bill in the in in the end. In the end, no, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure, yeah. Um, and like, there was also didn't he? What what I was confused about in the following, sorry, just to deviate off memento because we haven't actually discussed following like mm-hmm. it's. But um, I, like we haven't given our opinions to each other, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah, we jumped just, straight into the pod. Just you know? off it, yeah. But um, didn't he give his name to Cobb at the start as Danny Lloyd? No, he said it was Bill, but Danny Lloyd. Danny Lloyd was the guy that Cobb gave him the credit card. But for. they did say Danny Lloyd. They said Danny Lloyd that. before. They did because I remember when they said D Lloyd on the card. I was like, that was mentioned earlier. Yeah, yeah. it was the credit card in the restaurant. No, but before but before that, that wasn't it? It was, was mentioned as well. Um, we need to we need to refine yeah. this. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the main guy is the young man. Yeah, so That's he's called the young man, but he's called he's called Bill. Yeah, so, and then the blonde say, and Cobb. The blonde so and Cobb. Yeah. Cobb so is, there's there's yeah. ambiguity in all the characters' name, and even Cobb is a very ambiguous name. Yeah, I mean, like, like why? What's the what's the story there? Like, the story why, why did that like spill into Inception? Yeah, and, exactly. But, like, yeah, and I, I I'm pretty sure Nolan has come out and said it's it's not really a it's not really a thing. I think as well Inception when he wrote the characters, he just picked like six um, ambiguous again ambiguous names probably the yeah, best way just, to do it Cobb is yeah, a great exactly. name it's a, good, it's a cool name I mean it, it is. is maybe it's just because Nolan's done it but I mean like, it is it a is cool, cool. Name. It's, it's very iconic but anyway on to Memento right? um, but yeah so it's it's about a guy who he's, he suffers a form of amnesia where he, he had an accident he has old memories but he can't form new mm. ones um, so it's he, the same as 51st dates is it, it like he, it's exactly it is he though. loses memory, memory every day every day kind of like, exactly it. and has to relearn it and, and so he, he he does things like he tattoos himself and writes things down the tattoos are incredible to remember to remember things um, he he takes he uses Polaroid photos he you know take a photo of somebody write their name write, write a little fact about them and these are all like classic Nolan tropes where like Nolan comes up with this like like, like I feel like Nolan, stories, is, like, yeah, yeah, exactly, and I, I feel like Nolan is the kind of guy who like writes a character like Lenny in um, Memento and goes, okay, so he can't form new memories. So how would he go about mem- yeah. memorizing? Yeah. Things? Or maybe he even maybe. sees like a kind of bang average murder mystery who done it, and he says, what would it be cool if if we if we did a fresher could, twist, yeah, a fresher it. twist of it. Because obviously there's a thousand tools. different you know murder mystery things you can. You, you can, know, it's obviously there's good twists. on like one, I like one of my favorites is Mystic River. Love that film. Yeah, but it's you put your right decent twist. It's a good twist. Decent, yeah, decent yeah. story, but like Nolan just fucking brings it to it's like a fourth dimension. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's well, that's it's, like, it. it's all these yeah. elements in. These, it. He the, adds all these yeah. elements. Nolan is Nolan is a who done it without the person who actually done it. I mean, that actually it was you, the listener. I mean. But no, you're dead. The watcher. The viewer. You're dead right, Ian. Obviously, without like the Batman trilogy completely off the table because that's like a different universe altogether. Yeah. And Insomnia, which he didn't actually write, and the following, of course. There's actually no villains in any of his other work. No, not particularly. Like, you like know, and, and I can't think of any. The Prestige, Christian Bale, slightly, but not even but not really. really. I mean, like, like yeah. him and Hugh Jackman are kind of on a level playing field, but like they're both just trying to compete with, their, with, with each, each other, other, you know? Yeah, I mean, exactly, yeah. And if anything, Hugh Jackman turns out to be the villain who's also yeah, the protagonist. Also, but exactly, I mean, like, yeah, exactly. So, so <laughs> it's such a. I mean, I, I really liked it, his attitude towards that then. It's, it's really kind of he's just breaking the rules completely when it comes to storytelling. There's yeah. not an antagonist. There's not a protagonist. You know, it's. And to be fair, when you watch when you watch following, if you were uh, if you were the kind of person who was watching, say, Chris Nolan coming up, 
you might say because I think a lot of people's first exposure to Nolan was the Batman franchise yeah. it was yeah. my first exposure to him which is and f- even in watching the Batman franchise he didn't really matter no like, if you get me yeah mm. I mean obviously he, he obviously made those mattered, films yeah, but, but it wasn't the, and obviously there's, there's, there's Nolan things he did in like the Dark Knight like the but they're not necessarily I don't think it was him sitting there going I'm going to make this really complicated story because they're not very complicated stories no, in the Batman they're not, no. franchise yeah. they're very easy to follow there's a few things in them like I think a lot of the Joker's plots a lot of were very, had a lot of Nolan yeah, yeah. Well, a lot like, of Nolan ingenuity in them brilliant back. when uh, just talking about a scene here in Batman it's like this is like a theory on the internet but like it's pretty fucking obvious to yeah, me yeah. not to sound like a mega nerd yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. it's when the Joker is in the lineup. Um, remember the commissioner's talking, commissioner's talking yeah, and yeah. the Joker is posing as a cop and he's got scars in his face and you can see it's Ledger like, like, yeah it's Heath Ledger so like people are like oh was that the Joker and like maybe he had like PTSD from like being a cop from or whatever cop, and it's like yeah, no yeah. like people aren't understanding the yeah, Joker yeah. is just like this idea this how do you say that word omnipotent yeah um, kind of presence in Batman's in Batman, life yeah that you'll just always, that will always, just, yeah, yeah, always be there, and yeah. like, yeah, like there doesn't need to be an origin story, or whatever. But I just thought it was brilliant that like he just put him in there, and yeah. Like, it's, it's only split a couple of frames. And you kind of go, oh fuck! You go, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, like, yeah. oh shit! Like, are we was looking? That, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just really it? interesting. Yeah, exactly, um, and like even things like the opening scene in the Dark Knight, that that bank robbery. I oh, mean, how amazing. many bank robberies have you seen? But that one is just. Well, that's next level. That's yeah, a, that yeah. will always be next level yeah, as well. You know I mean, I mean, like, but these are these are Nolan things he drops into a Batman franchise. Yeah. Do you know but what I mean? yeah, I don't think like, so. Memento and stuff aren't like that. These are these like kind of very films that were, that are like are purposely structured that way. Yeah, they're per like I mean, when you, I'm sure if you're reading the script, you you need to like check certain things. And I and and this is the thing: Nolan could have continued down that route. I respect though that he didn't because. Mm. While there is a lot of Nolanisms in like you know the Prestige and stuff, and that kind of has the that twisty thing, if we look at his later movies, you know, Interstellar doesn't really have it to the same level as. Do you not think other. that Interstellar I, plays I think, with time quite a bit? I think the first time I watched it, um, I was like, oh, that's like a classic Nolan twist. I've watched it about three or four times since. And it's much more linear than than I think people kind of realize. Yeah, you know, it does toy around with. I with, think I think that like rather and... than the story actually like being kind of staccato in time wise, it's more so like the, the concept. Plot, of, the concept is yeah. set across like, this time bending. Yeah, kind I mean of the, thing, the time yeah. is a construct within the film rather yeah. than yeah. the film. It's like they're visit- time they're visiting different timelines and you're visiting them with them in a chronological it's not order. Like, film, yeah, in chronological yeah. film, but I do. It's not non-linear. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's exactly. linear. It's a linear it's, story with time around, travel. It's everywhere. toying around with if, if time was non-linear, which it is. Oh, I gotta say, you know, I do. I do think that like definitely a handful of his films, like Memento, like Memento, Inception, Interstellar, a Tenet is definitely gonna be this. I mean, oh, we can already see it coming. In the head. Yeah. I think the following. I think like a lot of those definitely like the the non-linear structure there's definitely like imprints on all of them in yeah. the sense that it's yeah like, it's, like it's, he's definitely not completely moved away from it no and I mean I, I felt he did it as well with Dunkirk which we, we've spoken at length on this podcast a few times where it's it's probably my least favourite of his movies but I, I, really I still don't like, like it Dunkirk. like a lot of people and to be fair a lot of people don't I, I still like well a lot I mean, of it's a fine about. movie yeah, like I've fine. said it before it's yeah. fine but like, I think I think that was it was really yeah. hyped as well everyone was buzzed to well see that's really unfortunate and I, I think that as well with Tenet I'm really praying that it's not well no it looks, the hype, it looks it's but then again do you remember the hype for the Batman movies and the Inception yeah, Inception there was huge hype for it I remember the, the first Interstellar more so oh, well, the Interstellar was like, huge after Inception it was like, like what's he going to do next yeah. and he, he's yet to 
Interstellar is my favorite. To, yeah, well, he like, created the software to show what a different dimension would be like. Yeah, like we'll, we'll, we'll get into his, movie, into like. his visual effects. I think we should talk about that as, as, a, whole as a whole section. Thing because yeah. his visual effects are just so so good. But sorry, back to Dunkirk. That's a movie that very much is just follows the basic film structure. He was just telling the story about the war, but there was one little moment in it where he went a bit non-linear with uh, Killian Murphy's character, and they just threw in a little flashback with him, and I was like. Is just after the plane was bombed, and yeah. even though he, the whole story is him on the boat, it just gave one little quick moment where it was like it showed you why he has like shock PTSD, shells, PTSD, yeah, yeah, yeah. shock. And I was like, he couldn't help himself there, he had yeah. to throw that little yeah, yeah, But yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I didn't like about Like, I don't want to jump forward to the Dunkirk because technically we're still on Memento. But <laughs> well, to be fair, we're, we're restricted in this podcast a little bit, we can't get too much into Memento, so I, I like, yeah, I, I we'll just keep moving. I yeah. mean, you don't want to ruin anything either, but yeah. Like, with Dunkirk, I, I didn't like the, the amount of hype that there was and the, like the everyone was expecting non-linear. It also had one of the best like, trailers I'd ever seen. It did, well. yeah. But there's that ticking. And that ticking of time that like he, we could even see a Doodlebug, like Doodle, all the way back yeah. to Doodlebug. But it, that ticking of time that you just thought he was going to take it from a completely different angle and he didn't. He didn't. And it, was, I, it was a war movie. Yeah. It was your very basic war movie. And one thing I didn't like about Dunkirk was about it, it was 12s. And I kind of figured World War Two movies should not should not like keep the violence to a yeah. minimum. Do you know what I mean? They yeah, were like, very violent. We didn't get Kirklo Beach with Saving Private Ryan right, and no. one of the best opening scenes of all time. Exactly. Like, for no. fucking a 12s movie where someone hits their head and dies. Like. Yeah, exactly. It was also a very... Well, Harry Styles, it, isn't it? It, it yeah. was also yeah. a very... It was also a very classic British Pride American yeah. movie. Um, weird. Yeah. Weird. The whole thing is just weird. The whole aesthetic of like, ooh, Britain. But it's, be, it's to be fair, it's, it because, is, it? it's because as well... I feel like they were commonplace years ago that type of movie they've stopped since Americas are still pumping them out like Americans will still pump out patriotic World War 2 movies like, like just fucking no tomorrow exactly like, like they'll that. keep them out they were very popular in Britain obviously in like post-war like you know the great escape yeah it was like hey, what's, hey jolly good lads yeah, yeah. you know so, and this was like I think this was a bit of a throwback to that. Yeah. It was a little bit like I mean, yeah. Kenneth Kenneth Branagh's character was the you know the classic one who's like I'm staying yeah, for the French, staying, like, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh right, know, yeah, cheers, like, mate. You're probably first one on the boat. Like. <laughs> but uh, so if we go back to Memento, then if we kind of rein it back in, then with Memento, that is the same vein as following where it's like the second it starts. You're in it. You're in it, yeah. And it, I mean, he really does bring you into it immediately with, like, just you you can completely understand from the get-go, this is going to be a constant battle with himself. It's not It's mm. not like with the audience. It's not with a, an outward source. It's just with himself whilst also trying to solve, like, a murder or, yeah. like, his, his wife's murder. Or it's his wife's murder, yeah, his, yeah. Or lover. I don't even think he knows yeah. it. And then... It just completely topples on itself. Like you think you're going to get the resolution you want, and you just definitely don't. Yeah, it's no, a bit yeah. of a mind bender. Like, yeah, yeah. I I gotta say though, um, I love this film obviously because you have to love it because it's just excellent. Like it really it's is so just good. excellent. But it is one of those films that you're kind of like, ah, uh, it's still a great film, but <laughs> it's kind of like. Yeah, I get you because, funnily enough, it's I've only seen it maybe twice. Whereas, like, Inception, I've seen about six times. Yeah. I've seen it. Like, I really want to revisit those. And I think it's because it's so low scale, these yeah. films. that Like, Following and Memento are they're just very, very stripped back. Closed stories. Like, Closed basically, stories, like, most like, Memento takes place in, like, a fucking... It takes place in a hotel room. It does. It basically does take like, place. Like, that's, that's what the key scenes are. I just remember 
like I haven't seen it in years but I just remember Brown yeah and, like, like, yeah, and exactly, him yeah. and fucking your man freaking out like yeah now what's what it, I, it's great though it is, it is. and like the, the editing is great in them and stuff like you know there's constant there's constant shots of Guy Ritchie on the phone and they're in black and white but yeah. then you'll see him in the exact same motel room in different clothes and you know in a completely different What's scenario the nightmare to film, like? so, oh I mean I can't imagine well that's what we, we were saying with the likes of like the, the following the following and uh, Memento and even I mean, I suppose mainly these films, it must just be so hard for Nolan to step back from the script and step back and from the storyboards and be like, where am I? Where, yeah. like, where do I go? Wait a second. And like, I wonder, does he shoot them chronologically? I'd say he does. and then As in by the script chronologically. No, I'd say, I'd say he writes a script chronologically and then, and then he mixes where it to, up. By yeah, yeah, he just yeah. probably gets a biro and fuck oh, you're going like, over here. It's very rare that a film is shot, shot in chronological order, order yeah. but I, I reckon Jack, Jack's dead on. He writes it as it's meant to be. And he's yeah, like, yeah. It's like a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> He, he fucks the page yeah. the David Bowie used to read the fucking newspaper and write down the words and then that's how he made up the lyrics like, yeah no. it's a songwriting technique mm-hmm. and I feel like Christopher Nolan listened to David Bowie he's like I can do this I with do. movies <laughs> yeah. but um, so then after Memento you have Insomnia Insomnia yeah tell us about Insomnia too because I actually who, who plays the antagonist well not antagonist but kind of like the the two main characters so it's Al Pacino, Al Pacino and then Al Pacino and yeah that's Williams Al Pacino Hilary Swank is also a massive oh. part in this film and it was great I don't know where she's gone lately but like I always thought she was a brilliant actress yeah and Robin Williams which it's kind of the story strange so, cast for strange cast. for, for strange an early 2000s yeah. kind of mystery this is thing. this is a strange film for Nolan in my opinion because it's he didn't write it first of all they would have to say that off the bat and you can see that he didn't write it but you cannot because it's not meticulous in a Nolan sense there's a lot that I wish was happened with this film that didn't but I can definitely see why he took the script so essentially what it, what it's based on is it's an LA cop it's kind of like this famous kind of like LA murder mystery solver detective kind of kind has of a load of famous cases. Hilary Swank is kind of like the rookie detective and um, he goes up to the sticks in Alaska, Al Pacino and his partner. And they meet Hilary Swank. She's a detective in the like the Alaskan fucking police department and they have to go and solve this murder of a young woman. And it's kind of weird in a sense that it feels really kind of like sensationalized and all in the sense like Apatine has this like famous cop and she's like licking up to him all, all. and the characters are probably a little bit more caricature than there of yeah. course yeah and what immediately happens is you find out that internal affairs back in LA is looking into all of his cases okay and there's a load of deep rooted history there and like the whole department is pretty dirty and a lot of cops have gone down and his partner tells him look I'm, I've got to cut a deal like it's ha- it's happening whether you like it or not basically and he gives him that ultimatum and Al Pacino's like well they're not going to care about you like I'm the famous one they're going to come after me after you know and everything kind of goes wrong there. they set a trap for Robin Williams character who ends up getting away on this foggy beach and then next thing you know uh, Al Pacino ends up shooting his partner accidentally in parentheses because you don't really know throughout the entire film whether Has or not been, yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. did, did he, he do he it on purpose did he do it on purpose or did away. he not so I mean it's kind of cool in the sense it's kind of Nolan in the sense that I mean the, the battle the who done it is kind of did Al Pacino do it or not you know even though you know that he actually did it so I mean that's cool it's also set in Alaska during their season where it's completely sunny for like the day it's daylight 24 hours a day so that's why he's an insomniac basically that's the name of the yeah, film you yeah, can't yeah. get to sleep because it's fucking bright all the time yeah, you know yeah. there's no concept of time really 
as opposed to Alaska, like six months of the year where it's completely dark. Which is insane. Yeah. What a a crazy, (laughs) crazy nation. Ridiculous place. (laughs) (laughs) Uninhabitable, some would say. I suppose, like, I don't know, oil? Yeah, oil. Yeah. Yeah. It's literally all fucking about oil, isn't it? I mean, there's a reason the fucking Russians and Americans were fighting over for fucking years. Yeah. Well, what's cool about Antomia is basically it's kind of like they're trying trying to get a gotcha on Robin Williams who committed a murder against a young woman. And... Robin Williams ends up seeing the witnessing, witnessing Al Pacino murder his partner and I, I, I'm not going to ruin too much because it all unfolds in a different way but basically Al Pacino and Robin Williams kind of help each other throughout but they're also kind of like at each other at the same time and there's some great lines in it so Robin Williams thinks he's this kind of he's this writer and now that he's murdered somebody he thinks that he has this clarity on life and he starts explaining it in this really deep way to Al Pacino and Al Pacino turns around and he goes you realise this is my job you think you're special, but to me, you're like a, a clogged toilet to a plumber. Mm. I, and it just, it immediately shuts Robin Williams down. But then Robin Williams, of course, being like an incredible actor and like bringing so much to any character he played, he just immediately also shuts Al Pacino down. And they're, they're very at each other in a very good way. But at the same time, my issue with it and why I think that this is obviously a, a film that Nolan didn't write and like you can kind of see that is because... I wonder why he directed this without writing it. Or per- maybe this my the flaw that I found in it is... Um, I think it's based on a book. It probably I'm is. Not sure. like, yeah. But um, one, of my, one of my issues, maybe it's because he doesn't like films that they didn't have this good of chemistry, but I feel like Robin Williams and Al Pacino, that should have been the crux of the story. Yeah, which is whereas it was more of a segment of the story than it was like the uh, whole story the whole, yeah. mm. like they really should have been kind of in cahoots and trying to set each other up and trying yeah. to get each other the whole story because that's the story you want to hear like mm. the detective finds the murder and then they end up kind but of they blackmail each other, each other they kind yeah. of if anything they yeah it's more get, interesting they're more frenemies yeah. which I mean I, I, it all kind of ends up in a, in a nice kind of bow package which you wouldn't expect from Nolan now but there's also like a big reveal at the end and everything along them lines. So it's definitely a film I'd recommend. It's just not a film that like, so don't expect a, 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 a mind bender. It's not really Nolan, you know, yeah. very much. It's definitely kind of a straightforward detective story that's not really straightforward at all, but you just expect it to be a lot less linear because it's Nolan mm, behind yeah, it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So in saying that then, where does the where does the Batman trilogy fit into this? Because obviously these were like extremely ambitious films to take on. It's a huge risk, I think, for a director, especially with someone like Chris Nolan, who has very much has a vision. He very much has a style of writing to take on a superhero franchise. And first of all, be tasked with reinventing it, but also mm. be have all the restraints of studio interference. Yeah. It needs to be profitable. Fan service. Office, fan commercial service. Commercial value. All these things. All these major boxes. And what a fucking job this was to take on. And he fucking did it. Yeah. With yeah. fucking... What's, what's strange to me, though, is he's an, like a huge, open James Bond fan. And I, would have this been... I'm telling you now, he needs to do a Bond. Would this have been around the time, though, that... Casino Royale. Casino Royale. Royale. It would have been. And, and the Bond been. series was yeah. rebooted. So it's strange that he ended up here rather mm. than in, in well, the Bond I, universe. I feel with the, with the Bond series, they're like, you're going to have to fucking sign on to a few films. Like, yeah. If, you see, the problem is if it was successful... 
Yeah, if it's they successful. Would want, they would want and then, more. You know, you've and, then, got, and then it causes just, the question, do you change the Bond franchise? Do you make the Bond franchise yeah, do you kind make of mind-bending? Kind of like like, I feel like maybe the Bond franchise might have turned him down after looking at his previous films. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Because, because I mean, they're very bread-and-butter British fucking spy things. And they also, they reboot. they've also gone for very safe directors, Bond yeah. directors. Like, I mean, you're getting, the, you're getting Sam the Mendes. You know, he's a great director, but, you know, he did 1917. You know, that's his kind of style of, like, movies. And there's nothing wrong with that. No, no, no. No, exactly, yeah, yeah. and like, and to be fair, the latest Bond, which I have to say, I'm very excited for, even though all these fucking issues have been plaguing it. But that they had Danny Boyle before that, who I think the re- he left for artistic reasons because he has a very specific yeah. vision about mm-hmm. his films. Incredible director, yeah, I love Danny they, Boyle. yeah. he's so good. And um, but now that funnily enough, they've managed to get Kerry uh, Kerry Fukunaga, who we talked about, Maniac, yeah, and yeah. True Detective. But I could see him. Being able to follow a studio mandate more so than Nolan mm-hmm. would. Although in saying that, you're gonna have to. It's Nolan a big did follow a studio yeah. mandate. If you ruin James Bond, it's like ruining fucking Harry Potter. It or is. Something it's like. such a beloved franchise. It's such a beloved franchise and a, and a, and a and lucrative franchise. And yeah, and like we're the wrong generation for loving James Bond. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I, I, I don't care about James. Thirty. Bond, no, I never. Really thirty have. to forty. Is, they is, are. They oh, are right now. Is the people who love James Bond, but also as well as it's such a. It's such a thing that older generations love to pass on to their younger generations. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like my, like I watch Bond because of my dad. Yeah. So, and a lot of people do. Like so, whether Nolan could take take on a franchise like that and make it. See, that's the difficulty with Bond because you want it to be interesting and new and fresh, but then you also need it to be exactly like every other Bond yeah, movie. Yeah, you need it to be nostalgic. <laughs> nostalgic where, whereas yeah. Batman was literally crying out for a complete reform. Yeah, like it they, wasn't. They had, they had put that thing. In they the drilled that thing into the ground. And there's like so much like dark source material for Batman that it was definitely it would definitely be an easier job than Bond, 100. Mm-hmm. percent Because I mean, like all of the animated series, all of the comics mm-hmm. are extremely dark. They're extremely grounded in kind of reality, whilst also like extremely chaotic and like anarchy, anarchist and different yeah. things along them lines. But um. I mean, we we've like he just did such a phenomenal job. We've talked about it on like the Schneider could and like, everything. They're definitely not Nolan, but like as I said, he was he was looking for funding on his bigger blockbusters. He was he was working towards Inception and Prestige and things like that. But the thing about it is as well is I think these movies were very important for Nolan in that obviously they helped popularizing him, yeah. popularizing him, but also like him in terms of scale because. The prestige is still quite low stakes. Obviously, there's a few parts of it that are quite high scale. Like, obviously, the Nikola Tesla stuff is very high concept. But other than that, it's very kind of grounded. And I think now, when you look at, like, Interstellar, and, and, like, by the looks of things, Tenet is going to be this, like... Mind-bending. Mind-bending, visually fucking, you know... Makes Inception look like fucking... Junior exactly like John yeah Lee I feel like like the the Dark Knight franchise kind of grew him up a bit grew you know? him up and, and you know what it was great at it was great at bringing out Chris Nolan's sense of humour yeah because he was great at making Bruce Wayne and Alfred very funny characters bouncing off each other the Joker's fucking gas the Joker's that, a very funny character I love my Obviously, favourite scene is when like he's pressing the buttons and like the pyrotechnics actually wasn't actually working that working happened like, yeah, 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 yeah like, yeah, like and yeah. he refused to just go out of the character obviously and just obviously <sighs> fucking went so far into the character like. yeah well have you ever heard I, I think we've spoken about this briefly but Aaron Eckhart talking about his scene around like remember him and the Joker in the hospital and mm-hmm. he's in the hospital bed and the Joker's on him and he just said Aaron Eckhart said out of nowhere he came out and just started like grunting around the bed waiting for them and they they basically did a scene before that before scene that, yeah, yeah. and like not even rehearsing just kind of just vibing, the you know? like they're, they're, they were already in character they're already ready to go and about like 
the whole scene they got in a couple of takes or whatever and different things along them lines but like afterwards he was just like to Heath he was like that was incredible and Heath was like that's acting man <laughs> <laughs> god damn it Heath oh, I know such I know. a shame such a shame but, but even if we look at things in, in the Batman franchise where it's like he, I think it really gave uh, gave weight to Chris Nolan's casting ability because like Memento the cast doesn't really stick out it's it's really just Guy Pearce oh Bale is the best Batman Bale is so good as Batman which is a huge hot take maybe for Heath Ledger was obviously 40 year olds out there no but like it's true though like I mean you know what I mean and like and he's the best Bruce Wayne as well I loved Michael Keaton but um, I've always said that controversially people people can have their favourite Batman I just you know what really gets me in the Dark Knight and the Batman Begins is my only criticism about the whole franchise is just how off the fucking walls he goes with the Batman voice. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah. and, that, yeah. and, and that was Bale's decision, apparently. It was, it was yeah. Bale's and decision. in Dark Knight Rises, they were like, look. Tone it back. A bit, we right? have to tone it back. Like, yeah. we're not Yeah, doing well, it became right. a massive meme. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he did. Although yeah. the second one has that line. Where's my sugar? Where's my sugar? It's like, you're a billionaire. Like, you simply get a voice to go But to be fair, they, they, it makes sense for the, in that universe of Batman that he'd have to change his voice. Yeah, no, people would have copped yeah. it. Like, yeah. but in saying that, how well cast it is. You've got Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox. Yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Michael Caine as Alfred, who is just Next so best Al- first Alfred that's not so boring. Yeah, like, Mister Wayne, not prepared your breakfast. But he, he's, he's like a smart. He's the, he's the Cockney. Yeah, he's like the smart. Yeah. Now, to be he fair, cares. to be fair, you know what a cares. very good take on. The, you know who had a very good take on the character of Alfred was actually uh, Jeremy Irons yeah. he was speaking about it and he goes I always saw him as kind of actually quite a lower class ex-army kind yeah. of guy who went working for yeah. and I think Michael Caine really got that he was probably a working class guy he's a cockney, cockney and all, went working for the Waynes and, mm-hmm. and was part of the family yeah. essentially like but you have you know Morgan Freeman as Lucius Fox uh, now this was wasn't a bit of a bone of contention, but I thought Katie Holmes was pretty terrible as Rachel Dawes. To be perfectly honest with you, I thought she couldn't hold herself. Well, but you I know my thoughts on, on fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal. I, I think they're both awful. They're the worst two, not the worst characters, but the worst two actors in the whole thing. They're terrible. I hate the character. I and that's I, a hot take. Well, the characters. I feel like the character's not the best character. The characters not the best. It's just boring. Batman doesn't need love interest, in my opinion. It's kind of, it's, yeah, I think it's kind of as well as like... Well, not in this universe. They, not yeah, in this they universe. have to have the love interest. I much prefer the Anne Hathaway kind of vibe that they were Well, they had a the much better Wait, wait, did the actress change? Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Katie Holmes. Completely, I, yeah, because... You watched these films in front of me. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> like, I didn't, like, I didn't watch Batman Begins, oh, and oh. it's um, fucking Maggie Gyllenhaal Gen- Maggie Gen- 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 and Dark Knight, yeah, like and then she's like flashbacked in Dark Knight. Well, Rises. Fuck, I, didn't I, know be- that. I believe that Katie Holmes apparently was really into the Batman Begins. She really, like, put a lot of effort into it, and she really liked the character and stuff. But I'm fairly certain her performance got a little bit panned at the time. Yeah, but not you said Katie Holmes. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I don't think it was a case where it was like Nolan fired her because I'm pretty sure Nolan wanted her to come back in it. Yeah. Like the idea of changing the cast. Um, but she was going through an extremely messy divorce with Tom Cruise and, sci- enough, and yeah. Scientology. We discussed this. <laughs> we discussed this two weeks ago. So we'll have no Scientology slander on the podcast. Yeah. Right, we're pro Scientology. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, wait, maybe we should take that back. Please don't sue us, Elrond <laughs> I don't want any weird knocks on my door tonight. David, David Miscavige is going to be watching this podcast. Like. But anyway, we, we, uh, we love Dark Knight. Dark Knight. It's not really Nolan. I, 
you know, actually, I have a mad fact. Is he Nolan was actually writing? I think it was around the time of um, like just before the Dark Knight trilogy. He was writing a Howard Hughes bio, uh, biopic. No way. And he said it was the greatest thing he's ever written. So Howard Hughes, obviously, like the the Aviator, the aviator. Mm. and he said it was the best thing he's ever written. And then Scorsese he came out with Aviator, so he just tabled it. And I don't know what happened. Did to he him. ever give his thoughts on the Aviator movie? Did he say it was the Aviator? Yeah, I didn't actually read that. Uh, it's okay. It's, it's a biopic. It's very blow. It's a biopic. Yeah, it's, a biopic. It's, um, it's Scorsese. It's Scorsese. It's yeah. You see, the thing is about Scorsese, and this is the difference between Scorsese and Nolan, and the difference between Scorsese and Tarantino. There's no expectation behind Scorsese because no. he bangs them out every bangs year. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> he, he does bang them out every year. Yeah. So when he has like it's an unbelievable, one of it's it's more one of the more forgettable. Yeah. When he has an unbelievable one. It's like wow, yeah, he's done it again. When he doesn't, it's like oh, yeah, that movie, that movie came out. Yeah, it's still a good film, you know. Yeah. Usually, Leo was great in it. Leo was really good. He, yeah, he he. he, he uh, sure Howard he Hughes had like sure OCD and like fucking. He had like a big like kind of. He had a he had a brace leg, going on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everyone, everyone in the forties had that. Man. <laughs> everyone just had there was no calcium. <laughs> everyone just had polio. No calcium. That's why there's so many cows and black lung. Yeah, everyone smoked eighty cigarettes. There's no milk. With no filters on yeah, them. You, you, you got a house, though. You got a house. <laughs> you, got, you got a house. <laughs> you got a house, yeah. Um, so, will we just move on from Batman? because we'll I know Prestige, will we? Yeah, we'll go Prestige. Let's but just, just talking about Batman in general, we will do an episode on it when Batpack comes out. Yeah. I'd love to do one. And maybe we finish that on ranking. What the Batman. Feel, the Batmans. Batmans. Goes, the best Batman. one is obviously Dark Knight. Then it goes Dark Knight Rises. Then it goes That's Batman always been Rises. a hot spot of contention amongst uh, me and Cal. Dark Knight Rises is actually my least favorite one. Really? Yeah, that's uh, I don't that's really... fucking wild. Dark Knight, yeah, that's Batman crazy. Begins. Dark I mean, Dark Knight Rises that's isn't, very isn't kinda... as like it's a tough follow. I thought that was kind of. I thought that was like the kind of the the general consensus. No way, Dark Knight Rises is unbelievable. No, it's 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 great. It's They're so all good. See, I've yeah. always made the argument. I've always made the argument that they always but like Cal is a firm believer that Dark Knight Rises is better than the Dark Knight because he's extremely sober. But I, I've always made the argument that they all completely complement each other so They, they do. They yeah. are such a trilogy. There are movies you have yeah. to watch. They are such, such a, a trilogy. Such a it's trilogy. like watching Lord of the Rings. Yeah. No one really no has one, a favourite. Yeah. Yeah. No really it is so unbelievably rare to find a trilogy like that. Like Lord of the Rings was the first one that came to my mind as well. And I can't think of anything else. No, the, Hobbit. Like, yeah. the Hobbit. Has the Hobbit. The Hobbit has one unbelievable film. Uh, which one's that? The first Desolation one. of Smog. Nah, first one. You don't think Smog is good? I don't know. I just don't like the Battle of the, it's Battle Battle of the Five, Five Armies. Armies. I did unbelievably yeah. bad. I actually really liked this. I went to go see them you know, all. Do you know why I didn't go see the Battle of the Five Armies, Jack? Stubbornness. No, because you told me not to. <laughs> and really? I fully agreed with you. I, I'd Have seen you the watched second. it? Have you no, watched it? I remember oh, well, it, it sucks ass. You texted me and said, do not go see this movie. Yeah, it is I was actually really annoyed. Because I think we saw it together, did yeah. you? Yeah, I, I was so... It was, it was like... Coming up to three hours long, yeah. Of a single chapter in a book, the CGI was woeful. Oh, the script was woeful. Was the, everything was woeful. And every single the character film. design. The Hobbit should have been a film, you know. Should have been yeah. one movie. And yeah. everyone loved it, but it was during that time in Hollywood where they were like, "Let's make every book into eight films and have fucking Jennifer Lawrence." Yeah. And uh, like there'll be like a dystopian future. In fact, weirdly enough, on last year, last oh, Hunger Games. Oh, the Hunger Games, the Hunger Games is a massive dystopian. Yeah, it is oh, a massive. Okay. It's like, oh. yeah. it's kind of a dumb one though. 
You think? It's kind of a really dumbed down. I love the it's world. one that fourteen year olds could understand. Oh, yeah, it's like yeah. oh no, when the when the massive totalitarian government sees a fourteen year old the, girl, the capital uh, and twelve. Not that I'm saying that like a fourteen year old boy will have the same reaction. Listen, okay? listen, I I read all these books as well as a kid. I, I enjoyed them. Yeah. I enjoyed them. I, day, I love um. I think the ending to it though, that like the snow ending and like the like the kind of like cut my head off and another one will go and it's yeah, yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought the Hunger Games hit on some good points I think it gets a really really bad rep because it was split into two films yeah, yeah no that's very fair so thank just god, like, thank just god like the first, away from that you know yeah, yeah. Time. just like the first Harry Potter Deathly Hallows Part 1 like it's fine it's just boring it's just the boring, second one's like, great yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. back to fucking um, the prestige let's yeah, the prestige. prestige imagine it wait imagine how incredible the Deathly Hallows would be if it was one film though I would gladly sit in the theatre for four hours four hours yeah, what, yeah the, the, the assumption that people will get up and walk out of a Harry Potter but movie. they just want well, to no, sell more, more that's true films yeah, you yeah, know yeah, I mean true. like thank god everyone has just had the consensus that was a weird period in film uh, we're not doing it yeah also as well I thought what was really pathetic was they were really trying to cash in on the Hunger Games thing with that remember those movies Divergent, yeah, yeah. shocking film. They were so bad that by the time it came to the last one, they were meant to split it into two. They didn't even, and they didn't even. They fit, they made it in one, and they didn't even release it in cinemas. Like how, pa- really, uh, how pathetic would you have felt being part of that franchise? Like just limping. When the Divergent said it was like insert allegiant or something and then contagion or something or look they're terrible it's stupid yeah. it's stupid right. like the prestige because the prestige. we're, we're, yeah, we're, we're yeah. doing our tangent thing so the prestige <laughs> is a very interesting one because first of all it's set in like the 1800s yeah it's cool though it's kind of like um, Nikola, magic boys Nikola tesla is alive yeah. um kind of like the cross between like kind of magic and technology you yeah know, yeah I which i love yeah. which absolutely and it also features David Bowie is Nikola Tesla, which mm. I fucking milled. I was all over <laughs> Not that. the first time he starred in the film, though. Uh, Labyrinth. Yeah. And, which is a personal favourite movie of mine. I baby. Did you ever that, listen like, to like the 14-minute video of him seeing Baby in that? Yeah, where he's it's like... Every time he says Baby. It's, <laughs> oh, it's, he says Baby loads. Yeah, he says Baby. Oh, Baby, Baby, Baby. Uh, I think it's just David Bowie saying Baby. If you get any, if you get anyone into bed, like I wonder what made Chris Nolan think. Let's get fucking David Bowie. I don't know. He's probably probably like, just kind of the whole thing of like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what, that would be my attitude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, I have no doubt in my mind as well that like David Bowie probably would have loved a script like this because his fucking mind. Have you ever seen him talk about? Like, he has an Alfred. The the internet and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but did you ever see like David Bowie talk about the internet and stuff and all he, that guy? knew so much about the world he just like for a musician a gem like he fucking knew incredible so much, person like, yeah yeah, yeah. his son guy. is also a director duncan jones who directed moon and no way yeah. Moon is yeah. Yeah. No, it's a great film, movie yeah, which we should probably film. talk about in the podcast very kind of prestigey very kind of like now that we mentioned it yeah, yeah actually like, kind of, like, like weirdly, almost weirdly, weirdly like yeah. almost like a rip-off but uh so yeah it stars hugh jackman um Chris Scarlett Johansson actually as well um, David Bowie and it's about these kind of two rival rival ri- yeah rival is that rival what magicians, say magicians yeah. they're kind of like the Houdini kind of personalities yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, pushing and, the limits of and, their and, magic and, and what I like about it as well is back then like in the 1800s if you were like a magic man or something like you were the, the, mo- shit, the man. shit like yeah you were the shit yeah, you, could like, do you the, were magic like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, and if you went back even further you were Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> Look at this wine in the water. That's like such a basic magic trick, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you buy those those little home like, kits. Those David little... Blaine like kills himself on screen, <laughs> and everyone's giving shit to Jesus. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's the story kind of re- revolves around their plot, and they're coming. They're trying to come up with tricks to to better each other, and you know, every time one comes out with the other. They're also it also touches on not only the magic end of it but like the stunts end of it, which yeah. I loved, which obviously was popularized by Houdini, but has gone on to David Blaine's. Uh, and, yeah, it's it, like Chris Angel and different. Chris Angel, like yeah, I mean, I, they were really popular like twenty years ago. Yeah, like, everyone what? loved magicians again. Yeah, really. everyone was lo- like, I feel like it was like MTV. Yeah, like, would be like David Blaine. He's <laughs> yeah. gonna lock himself into a wooden box for. 47 hours. No, man, he had to go to the hospital person. after that. Yeah. He put himself in Times Square for seven days in and seven nights. Box, no, in ice. Oh, in ice. That he lived it, yeah. He lived on in on top of fucking Big Ben or something. No, he lived... What's the bridge beside Big Ben called? Um, I don't know, probably the... Tower Co- Bridge. Tower yeah, Bridge, yeah, Tower yeah, Bridge. Yeah, he lived yeah, above that it, yeah. for a month in a glass box. Like, Do you remember Christ. he... Um, was underwater for like 17 minutes yeah, yeah. he did that too Yeah, like, he, he, he talked to deep sea divers for ages he's not really a magician more so as he like, no, like, no to be fair he actually is though I, I, I remember watching his um, he can do great TV tricks, show yeah. and he can do but I know he can, I, I, I know obviously he can but the things that like make you stop and you're like what the fuck it's like I've been watching a lot of videos with him recently because he's actually getting into YouTube now Like, yeah yeah he came up with my YouTube, YouTube recommendations he, um, it's more so like he'll take a point in his arm put like a blade through it yeah. but he knows the exact place to put it through so where it won't like it won't like really like do major make damage or do like, major damage yeah. and all he does is just keep a straight face <laughs> so, I mean, like, I mean more so. are we just watching David Blaine self-harm it's, it's just kind of like, <laughs> David Blaine's gone emo like now, now he's actually Chris Angel <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just it's a weird because apparently he talks to like monks and like Nepalese monks and everything and like because we were just talking about I think on like the podcast before the last podcast with that Vietnamese monk lit himself on fire. on fire and he was chill and he was chill I mean that's just kind of like what Dave Blaine's doing on he's YouTube doing now I mean, the next <laughs> yeah. thing will be like I lit myself on fire, fire. for 17 minutes <laughs> yeah he's one of those monks who has an ego <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. they're probably lighting themselves on fire all the time, all the time. and stabbing yeah. themselves with fucking needles yeah. but um what were we on? The Prestige. The prestige. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so um, it's basically it's, very it's, late. <laughs> it's two David Blaine's. Two yeah. David Blaine's going at with at each other. There's a big twist. See, this is the issue with Christopher Nolan. We can't we can't spoil, spoil all these movies because yeah. most of his movies have like a big twist. But no, it is a very entertaining film. I haven't seen it in years, and it's definitely got very high rewatch value. Yeah, and it is. Yeah, it's you're right. It's it's the I think this is the. It's start a fine of film. That's what it is. It's a fine yeah, film. Yeah, this is one that I didn't actually like when I first watched it and then I sat on it for a few and I was like you know what the performance because you know the ending is just kind of out there yeah and it's a bit wild and you didn't think it was kind of possible it's it's also probably the dumbest Chris Nolan twist even though it is still a good twist good yeah. twist in terms of it's movies a, yeah in terms of movies but for Chris Nolan it's a little bit like you're smarter than that but it, it, what it is it's not even that like you're smarter than that it's like this should have kind of been more like, obvious the seed should have been planted for this a lot earlier on I don't I don't think that it's that it's dumber I think that it's it's just kind of he, he told the story worse than he usually does yeah it kind of clocks you in the left I think ear, I, like. this is one of the films that I think this is actually kind of Nolan's fault and how he went about telling the story you know mm. I, I, like he's so masterful in all of his other films but th- this one I think that he, he definitely learned from his mistakes as he went on with the likes of like his bigger blockbusters but mm. yeah yeah and like I mean there is 
good stuff in the prestige because he definitely builds on the characters more in this one like you you do feel the rivalry between yeah uh, 100%. christian bale and, oh yeah and definitely, definitely. It's, there's some and, fucking hatred there like yeah and i and i love that that jackman is like the clean cut showman that's kind of more popular but bale is probably technically the better magician yeah but he's kind of more oh, oh I'll come back. like he's yeah, literally yeah. like he's, he's the one do with this fucking bit <laughs> fucking crush his skull he's the bad boy like, he's, yeah. he is the bad yeah. boy he's Everyone, the aquaman of fucking, he's jason boy. momoa they should go jason momoa um but no, you're right see, it also it also it always toys, toys around with science fiction elements yeah well obviously making nikola tesla a character and i really enjoyed this because nikola tesla he so he is obviously like the founder of like modern electricity he's probably the greatest inventor a lot of people consider him one of the greatest inventors yeah. he's thomas edison stole his line Tom, yeah literally, he literally did edison like, was a greedy bastard he, he patented was, everything yeah, that was the thing edison yeah. was more of a businessman yeah, than, than an inventor, inventor like, yeah i don't think that man um, invented shit but but, but, <laughs> but tesla has this kind of um godlike kind of aura about him still and like there was rumors that he toyed around with like inventing a machine that could actually uh, control the weather yeah and like obviously you can't fucking do that and it was obviously technology that was way out of his fucking league but i feel like it makes him much more of a mystical character in the prestige he's kind of like he's not it just does, this inventor yeah. he's this kind of mystifying man mm. who could be doing and i like feel that. like as well at the prestige it's it's kind of a good story in the sense that it kind of, like they Nolan's basically saying like they, their rivalry is so good and it's so kind of like vicious towards each other that Hugh Jackman actually goes out and like trying to work out Christian Bale's magic he actually goes out and kind of creates his own magic his own magic and yeah. through science through, and through, yeah. it, through Nikola Tesla and just kind of like breaks reality yeah yeah which I think is definitely why it didn't like settle with me as well because yeah because it it's very much grounded in reality at the start and Tesla's and Edison's rivalry is kind of mentioned in this it, it? Is, it is yeah it's, it it's, 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 it's kind of it's kind a subplot like, yeah it? it's mm. kind of because that's why Tesla actually has to like leave where, to, they're, to where deal, they're doing the test yeah. With, yeah exactly like yeah yeah which is a good it's a good nod like it's a um it's just it's a weird one because i i i do really like it and as you said like, it's the it's the first kind of one that brings you into that rewatch value yeah like as i said i've seen memento once or twice you kind of want to watch prestige again when you've seen it like you know what i mean i feel like how many times am i going to watch following again i probably will though to be fair yeah. to this i think all those movies do have a rewatch value but this was more of like a good mainstream kind of like uh, also did well in the box office did well in the box yeah. office you're, and you're also using huge actors this time around Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale were obviously massive and Scarlett Johansson massive yeah obviously they, they'd yeah. still have star are, power if anything now they probably have more star more. power I'm thinking about the Bale. prestige yeah, they do definitely. Jackman, yeah. They do definitely allude to the invention at the end being something different, and then like it kind of turns into something different itself. I, you yeah. see, I think that this is kind of a victim of there was way too much happening. Like Christian Bale's act turned out to be different. What we thought uh, Hugh Jackman and Nikola Tesla were kind of inventing turned out to be different, different, and then yeah. everything turned out to be yeah. different in the end. And like the reality kind of broke down on itself. It's definitely a good film. It's still like, great, yeah. I mean, this is this is the problem with Nolan. He set the bar so high yeah, in his own film. Exactly, yeah. If you if you pit the Prestige against a lot of average movies, thrillers, it, it's it's going to be a lot better. Yeah. yeah. But it's just when you're talking about it in a Nolan sense, mm-hmm. it's hard to kind of yeah. Put it up it's like there. A, we need a disclaimer to say like we love all we these love films. all these yeah. fucking movies. Fun fact: Edison invented the first uh, technical video camera. 
so film camera, so we wouldn't be talking about this without Edison. Yeah. If it wasn't for Edison. Although, we just have he an didn't inventor really. Fact no, I mean, he week. didn't really at all. He put a patent on it, and then he and I mean, made the, it illegal for other people to, to, use. to, to develop it. <laughs> and then the Lumiere brothers in France were like, we fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and they asked him for a lend, and he was like, right, well, you can't video anything with it. And then they took a lend of it, and then they just went off and started making their own movies. Uh, not not really movies, but that's how kind of like Victor Hugo yeah, eventually yeah, kind of got yeah, 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 a yeah. hand of it. Oh god, those fucking patterns are ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. we should probably move on to Inception. The yeah. pattern podcast. Let's let's talk about the piece. I recently rewatched this. Uh, did you? Yeah, it's great. Uh, it's great. It's how brilliant. many times did you say you've seen Inception? Oh, I saw it like twice. Four times in cinema, I'd say. I saw it twice when it came out. You've only seen it twice. Only twice. That is insane. And I've watched it a couple of times at home. I'm I gonna say like five, six, seven, eight. I I saw it twice at least in the cinema, and then I saw it. I've just seen it countless fucking times. Yes. Yeah. It's great. It is. Yeah, it's really good. To me, it's the perfect movie. And that, that the perfect like, movie. It's the perfect fucking movie. I'm gonna explain why. It's on now. Netflix. Is right it your now. favorite Nolan film? Yes. Is much. I thought Interstellar was yours. Uh, yeah. I think so Interstellar. Close. For me, Interstellar is a more perfect film than Inception. Yeah, I, I agree. I explain, with why, I explain why Inception is the perfect film. It's because it has everything. It has an engaging story. It has great action. It has romance. romance. It has some of the best CGI and most mind-bending CGI and it, ever. The, the best thing is it's barely any of it's CGI. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, <laughs> sorry, I should actually say VFX. VFX like, visual yeah. effects they used are just incredible. A concept that is just... I love the concept. Great music. Dreams. dreams. Yeah. I mean, dreams. Great we all can We can all relate to dreams and how, how crazy-bending it is and also how good Nolan is at inventing a world where that's the norm where you can infiltrate dreams they have technology and to, accept ideas and accept yeah. ideas and, and what I love about Nolan is he's able to create rules in that universe that he sticks to so every time you go into another dream the that, time the moves, time moves slightly, slightly slower, slower yeah. again and so you know and he definitely played with that in, in, in Interstellar as well yeah. like, and uh, what I always found really hard about Nolan is when he's making this and when he's creating this, how the fuck does he keep track, track of, of how of what where he's point at, is where like, we're at in the story, and how fast his, like, the time editor, is moving in this in that certain spot? Yeah, oh, I think it must have like I'd the worst, it. probably a very well paid job and you know very happy, <laughs> but worst job ever. <laughs> Critical acclaim, like <laughs> yeah. oh oh oh. <laughs> well, um, well, Nolan actually is he? Do, uh, he I don't think he actually uses like a second to go and like handled his DOP I think that he oversees everything the director of photography doing he, and he, he definitely did for Batman Begins he shot everything himself which is yeah, insane it's insane, insane. Like, no like, director to not have yeah, a fucking second, not, a second unit like it's yeah. fucking insane that, that's literally like it's unheard of yeah, basically in the film yeah. and I'd imagine he's incredibly involved in post-production I, I honestly just think this guy's like a workhorse I just yeah. think he's just like well he, we didn't actually mention he, we mentioned it on a different podcast but he is self-taught He's been doing this kind of himself for quite a while, you know. I mean, like, he's definitely in the film and world, and his brother was a big hand in it and everything Jonathan and stuff Nolan, like that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, this man, he could just, like, he, he didn't go to school for this. He's been doing it all his own. Like, he's he's, he's a super fan. Yeah, like, you do you know, know what I mean? Like, he, yeah, like, this is the thing. It's just incredible to see how he can manage such big productions. But as well, like, with Inception, you know, as I said previously, one of my favourite things about Inception is there's no real bad guy. Everyone... It's kind yeah. of, you know, you understand everyone's motivation. Everyone's got kind of a, a decent motivation. 
Um, it's got the perfect payoff of him as well. Leo's great. Isn't it? It's it's so good, and you know what it is as well is it's a swashbuckling adventure where they're where they're globe trotting around yeah. the place. Yeah. but he can change. He can easily change. He can just the pick the environments and, you, and the environments, and it's and great. Go, we're in a new dream now. We're in a new dream, and and what I love about you know, so the whole idea of Inception is you know they're entering people's dreams to to change someone's kind of an idea. And it's also, it's very grounded in like, it's really weird because it's very grounded in reality because the the inception it's they're trying money. to do is, it's to get a guy to collapse his, his father's company, which is not what you think in a world where it's like, yeah. you can physically enter people's dreams. Yeah, like, like they could just kill him, but, the, well, yeah. yeah, but that wouldn't get the job done. Get the job do, you, yeah. do you think yeah. though that it, it like, inception is slightly like when someone's actually telling you about their dream and you just don't give a fuck? Well, yeah, I just to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you know? no, I, I do love it. But no, that that is like. A but really I, I feel like thing. when he was pitching the script, don't tell me your dreams. Like, I feel like when he was pitching so the script, yeah, he like, was so we, afraid. Yeah. He must have been so afraid that people are gonna be like, "What the fuck would we give a shit, shit if this yeah. is happening in a dream?" The only dreams I like is Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, yeah. That's rumors. But yeah, so like I just think it's it just hits every single mark. It's cast so superbly. Like they, like this. It's also has that that kind of heist element to it. It's basically a heist movie where they're like you know carrying out a heist. Stakes are on. Like. Yeah, it's got a team. He assembles a team. He has to get Tom Hardy. You in. Son of a bitch. He has to get. I'm in. You but son that's of a bitch. I'm in. Yeah, that's yeah. literally it. Like he definitely yeah. feeds into them. Travis Scott. You know. Like, yeah. Ken yeah. wants an Ellen Abby. Page is like the Ellen Page. She's like the yeah the the, the young one and Joseph Gordon Levitt is like his his side man um, and and love how they give them all different roles. So it's like you know she's the architect. Uh, you know, Cobb is the whatever, like yeah. vessel. And then, like uh, Ellen Page, if I'm not mistaken, because I've only seen this twice, is kind of playing like the role on the crew that his wife did play. Would have played. Would have played. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and she then, was the best. They have, a, they have so, another so, wait, what, what we should do real quick, can we try to explain Inception? Oh, this no, quick? we'll just end up looking like idiots. <laughs> well, wait, I, you know, I trust you. He's, so the uh, concept of the movie is it's essentially where it's it's centers around Leonardo DiCaprio and and Joseph Gordon-Levitt and they're like kind of a team of people who are pioneers in controlling your dreams and dream technology and, and dream yeah. technology and essentially they can they play around with the idea of like things like Inception where if you need to put plant an idea in someone's head you have um, to make them come you have to make them come to that conclusion themselves yeah. um, but they also play around with you know constructing a dream in that you're constructing a world you can construct environments in your dream and controlling it yeah and but of course in it uh leonardo dicaprio is accused of killing his wife and so he he's he doesn't really have asylum anywhere he's constantly always on the run and he gets one job he's, he's doing these kind of li- literally different jobs but he gets one job to collapse his company up one of the richest men in the world yeah. is ken watanabe and if he does He'll be able to be exonerated and get back to it to see his kids uh, and things like that. And it's just about them. And the target is Killian Murphy. And it's about them trying to put the idea in Killian Murphy's mind that he needs to collapse this company because he's, he's got a he's got he's got to get over this thing in his mind. Killian Murphy doesn't he? Yes. So he, he's trained. He's been mind. trained by yeah. people to for to not be inceptive essentially. And right? they hunt so, them. So, but then yeah. they go into another dream. Yeah. So that's the idea of to it's plant that it into a subconscious you can go deep. Again. So the idea of the heist is they need to to get into a point where you can cause inception. You need to go a dream within a dream. I mean, this is the, within the, a dream. Within a dream. Within a dream. And then so you where, at what point do we go into Leonardo DiCaprio's dreams? 
Well, you can go into other people's dreams while you're in the dream. While you're in a dream. And then he finds his wife in his dream. Yeah. And you don't know whether Leo actually but was Leo dreaming spent, the whole so time. But is she living in is she living in his no, dream? No, she's, she's in his subconscious. She's in purgatory. She's, yeah, she's in his subconscious. But he goes to what's the equivalent of purgatory in the game called? Um, uh, I don't know, but it's where he sees like his old house. And he goes over Ellen Page, and yeah, they're like, yeah. it's all of his core but memories. Also in, like a city. Huh? No, no, but when he looks to the left, he sees yeah. the, first it's house. the first house. That's where we you know raise the kids, and then he goes to like. He finds these artifacts and everything, the core things from his memory yeah. that he's remembered. Yeah. The, the, and, and so the the thimble or like the little spinny thing. The totem. The totem. Um, no one can touch that because he knows the exact weight. He knows the exact weight and it, it will keep on spinning. If he's in a dream. If he's in a dream, isn't it? Yeah. yeah and you don't get at the end. You so don't you get can't to rewrite see. that and yeah. then you can't, at the end you don't see whether or not well, that's at, all in the end, basically they pull it off in a way. Yeah. And... The last scene is him going back to his kids, and he spins the he spins, spins the, the, the dreidel. Is it dreidel? Is it to, is, uh, yeah, it's, is it called a dreidel? No, a dreidel is like I, I think know, dreidel is what like no, it's, it's, called, it's called a spinning top. That's just spinning what it's called. top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Spinning top. yeah, yeah. 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 so he, he like you don't get to see what happens basically. Yeah, um, there's there's a bit of a wobble in it, but you don't know is it gonna is it is it gonna fall over? I I I think it's I think Nolan purposely leaves it up to the viewer to decide. I'm pretty sure it's not a dream. I don't. Well, it does start to wobble. There's a big wobble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like it wobbles. He's not in the dream. That that's that's yeah. my thing. If he was in the dream, it would have kept on spinning yeah. perfectly. That's the whole point. Exactly. And no one else has touched it, so he knows for a fact that no one, he couldn't be in anyone he else's dream. Else's but would dream. you not design? Is it not that the spinning top has to keep spinning to be in the dream? It is. It it, it doesn't. No, he doesn't. Oh, he does it once. Wait. So would if you were redesigning a, a dream, yeah, would you not design a spinning top? that would follow no it's a real item it's a real item that he knows and only he knows but how they know that it's a dream like how why he has it is to be able to tell whether or not he's in a dream or not yeah yeah but he needs to take that item from real life so that's yeah. why Ellen yeah, Page so has the a, dice. So it's only or the, the die. Sorry. So no, wait, no that's he, actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph Ellen Gordon-Levitt. Page has the, the chess piece. But is is the point not though that so he takes a totem? Does the totem in real life keep spinning? No, the totem no, no, falls. No, but he does it. He does it once. So he comes out of a dream. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ellen Page spins on the table, and, if, and, and it falls. And it falls. So would you not? So is the fear not that like if he's in a dream and someone redesigns the dream around him basically and he's in a dream and he wants to know whether or not he's in the dream but the person not design the totem to automatically fall anyway no because no one knows, no one knows the except for him the he totem. knows the exact no one else can touch it it's a big deal he, made he knows movie. when it should topple he knows how long it should spin for before it topples oh how long how long it should, it should spin oh, for knows, like if, it's, if, if it's going on for too long no, he's going to go see, I'm in a dream yeah, it, it's yeah. a good point it's not that it doesn't topple yeah the very start of the movie the guy's lying on the carpet and he goes I know this carpet this is my carpet and and then, I didn't know he's gonna run his face. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like the the architect would never be able to a hundred percent make to know which uh, yeah. the weight of the totem. Yeah. Because what I was thinking is I thought that it spun continuously if he was in the dream. No, I think that's implied in the movie. But it that's is, actually it? yeah, but but, it, but it's it never is. actually what it is. I yeah. think it's that he knows how long it spins for before it should topple. Like God, it is such a fucking labyrinth of a film. Isn't <laughs> yeah, it? but I feel people get bogged down on those details of the movie. When the actual basic story itself it's is quite yeah, no, it is, and that, I think yeah. that's why the film is so popular. It's got memes. It it's got memes into confusion. We gotta go to a dream, into a dream. Into yeah, yeah. And yeah. It is, but and again, like, it's a quite the episode. Rick and Morty did it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it, it is. I think that's why it's so popular. Is it is a kind of a basic high story, 
on top of all of this just complex kind complex of world building that he and, like, like, different yeah. things along those lines. and it also gave Nolan a chance so wait to sorry I don't want to I don't want this shouldn't be a podcast of the lads just <laughs> explaining Inception to me <laughs> but, so his wife where's she in the real world she's dead she's dead so she just lives in a subconscious so, so they think they think so they went killed. to purgatory right the equivalent of purgatory right but in purgatory t- to get out of it right you have to kill yourself in purgatory, right? To 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 wake up. Okay? Yeah, it fucks with your brain. But be, you're so deep, you're not sure if it's reality or not, and you can't take that risk. But she was in purgatory for too long, came into reality, didn't know what was reality in a dream anymore. And she killed herself. And she killed herself because they stayed so long in purgatory. Leo had to convince her we need to kill ourselves to get back into the real world. She never really recovered from it. And she killed herself in the real world, thinking I need to watch this. Oh, oh, thinking it's I, excellent. Thinking I'll wake up again. And I understood all this perfectly at the time. Yeah, well, I actually, <laughs> I actually didn't. To be fair, my first watch, I was like, I don't know. What well, we were very young. We were. I, very I remember. Young. I remember realizing. I was expecting the Batman. Like. Yeah, <laughs> I remember realizing like the, like the purpose of like the totem and everything along yeah. that line. So, yeah. I, but I think it's very easy to get confused in the whole wife aspect. Yeah, 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 and it is. Yeah, and yeah. It's, it's well, and they they try to explain at the start. It's like she's aggressive in in his subconscious. His yeah. mind populates. He's angry. And his, himself. His, himself for, yeah, for letting yeah. her die and she's like a villain there and that's but... why Ken Watanabe's character is so old you know when he finds him washed up in the beach yeah and he's like he's like I know you he's like he's like, but it's such a distant memory to him that he's not sure and he's like you need to kill yourself but he's lived his whole life there and it seems like so long it's very hard to convince Ken Watanabe to kill himself, to kill himself. that's the whole so idea long. of it you're in it so long yeah once you, you go in, you never really get out. Really don't think. Like because whether it looks like, it's <laughs> yeah, no, it's insane. But it's 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 such a high concept film. It really is. But the story, and like I know people say that, and they go, "Oh, high concept film." But no, like it, so, it is. As we like, say, the, the, story, the story is straightforward. It's the concept it's behind a, the film. It's the concept behind the. We film. could talk about this for literally yeah, hours. You you want to get on Tinder? So I don't want to lie. We, I don't think we need to talk about Dunkirk. We've no, about everyone knows what we think about Dunkirk. We think it's a bang average war story that disappointing. Yeah, obviously a passion project or something to Nolan. Yeah. Maybe he loves the fucking, I don't know. The second world. Maybe I feel bad just, for yeah. him. I don't think he ob- he honestly wants to get like bogged down and like or like restricted to these absolutely Mind mental. Head. Look, maybe he wants to take a films. break. Maybe he wants to take a break and just make a movie. And well, just I'm, make I'm, a beautiful looking movie. And it's I'm a beautiful glad he looking did, movie. Because as we say, his filmmaking isn't. It's while there, there's Nolan aspects to every film, he does try different things. Yeah. You know what I mean? He yeah. does try Like his cinematography things. is. Amazing. amazing. The VFX is amazing. His casting's amazing. His writing's amazing, and his storytelling's amazing. And I think all these aspects come into one with Interstellar, which is my favorite Christopher Nolan film Same. by far. I think visually it's amazing. Uh, the casting, like I didn't know idea. I watched the trailer today. Uh, Timothy, the the yeah, the fucking hottest thing in Hollywood at the moment. He's in this as well. He's excellent. He's excellent. Uh, the other child is brilliant. She's so. Uh, I don't know t- where she's how many, gone. How many times have you seen this? Three. I've only seen this once. I think. I, I've I've seen maybe this, maybe twice maybe twice. I I've seen this about five or six times because I recorded it once, just watched it twice in like two days. It's amazing. It also has the world building is excellent. Oh my god! It has superb rewatchability. Like oh yeah, absolutely. You get something new and, from it. Every yeah, time. like like we said, it's like a it's a straightforward story with these like Nolan aspects. So you get the best of both worlds, really, in my opinion. 
Um, like it's it's, the world is amazing. It is kind of a straightforward story as well. Absolutely. Like we need food. You need to go it's to point space. Point A to point B. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah. But then like some of the concepts and like it really is like these are actual concepts that are spoken about like by you know the Phys- best scientists and yeah, physicists yeah. in the world yeah, or whatever. Like physicists, yeah. Yeah, physicians. like that scene. <laughs> um, like there's some like major emotional scenes in this. Um, and you know who's brilliant in this as well? Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck he's, is he's great. Fantastic. Yeah. He's fantastic. He's fantastic. And um. Stormer by Matthew McConaughey. Oh, yeah, absolute oh, stormer. God, when he when he goes down to the first planet and like it's just like he, he realizes loses, he's gonna lose yeah, ten years. Yeah, he loses ten years and he and he watches. He his, ends up losing. He watches. Yeah. yeah, he watches Casey Affleck like grow up to, in front of his yeah, eyes and bury his baby basically. Yeah. Um, that is one of the most emotional and scenes like put the way he cries and that I'm like, oh fuck, how do you do that? And I, everything about this movie looks fantastic. First of all, cinematography. Fucking amazing. World building again. I'm just going to say like one of my favorite scenes in this is when he goes to the school and he's like, no, we went to the fucking moon. Like we did, we did this and they're like, no, it was all just to fucking fuck over the Russians or whatever. Yeah, Cold uh, War the baseball efforts. game and the, the music as well. Zimmerman knocks out of the park. Zimmer, I listened yeah. to this. All oh, we didn't the time. even really mention Zimmerman. Jesus. Yeah. It's just Zimmer. Zimmer, yeah. Well, you just fucked me over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, why am I saying Zimmerman? I'm because fucking... I'm pretty sure there's another famous Hollywood guy called Zimmerman as well. I think he might be either a producer or a director. But anyway. Yeah. Hans yeah. Zimmer, sorry. Hans Zimmer, yeah. He knocks out of the park. Um, like, um, fucking stay is an amazing song s dot t a dot a dot a y or even docking yeah that, docking, I mean, that whole sequence dreaming of the crash uh, time um in inception in, in as well yeah, yeah. um yeah what else um that's just fucking fantastic films visuals are amazing talk about the software have you ever even made. seen like i mean so many times people talk about the hallway in inception and how it rotates and how Which, that was like, how that was created to be fair i love that obviously too. incredible but have you ever seen how they the actually book, did the, the bookcase? Book and like, there, there's like little to no CGI in yeah. that in that shot. Like, it, it, like obviously they literally they, had they kind of like filtered it and they stuff. They had like, McConaughey hooked up to a rig, rig. with these projecting screens. And they created the created bookshelf, the, the around, bookshelf him, around him, and and they literally flew him up and down. And I mean, like, like the whole concept of how they even got there, the fact that it's so kind of like tangible to the audience, and how it makes so much sense to the yeah. audience of how we got there to actually like give the to give the fucking like the plans or they're making an engine to to save to humanity, save humanity essentially, yeah. to give to give them Perpetual to his daughter motion, isn't it? and his daughter created it to eventually give them to the people who the would people. then give it to Matthew McConaughey and it's, it's, it's this kind of closed loop of time and it's the only the only kind of so like it's it's, it's a, a lot more straightforward than Inception it is like in a really a, complex in a, way. In a complicated there's way. a graph it, 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 there's it, this year graph it also it also toys around with concepts that that are very difficult to explain because it talks about like fourth and fifth dimension and it's it's common knowledge that humans cannot physically comprehend a fourth, the fourth and dimension, dimension. Yeah. Well, Joe Rogan can <laughs> have you ever done DMT yeah. <laughs> but, just uh, let yourself go <laughs> but it's it's literally just a I, I, just, I want to go back to what you said Jack about world building because I watched it again recently in the, in the cinemas as I mentioned the other week and there was a little throwaway line that I didn't really cop in the first one when uh uh, John Lithgow is going, you know, popcorn at a baseball game, like it's ridiculous. He's like, I want a hot dog, and then, uh, and then Matthew McConaughey is kind of like, oh well, people were too busy fighting for food back in my generation, like so. It shows where it's like McConaughey went through the time when literally there was no food on the planet. Now they've gotten to a point where there is. They've learned how to farm 
certain foods, but they are in trouble. Like once they mm-hmm. run out of those foods, they're in big trouble. It's a bit like the fucking the famine here. It in is. It's exa- they met. They actually say that Michael Caine actually says it happened to the potato blight in uh, in uh, Ireland, yeah. and they mention that. But obviously, it's about them finding a wormhole, and the concept of a wormhole is it's a physical hole in, in space and in time. space and time that can that can put you to another another galaxy or another star system that's why it's interstellar travel yeah. we find another star system because the idea of traveling space is that if you find a star there's going to be planets around it and likely one or two of them will be able to sustain life. sustain life in some shape or and form. like i love how they find these planets that can sustain life but like there's doesn't still mean no that there's fucking that's good to go like. it's good to, exactly like mm-hmm. and going back to what we said about how it plays with time time is such a commodity like it's such a thing that is is against humanity and what i love about it is space does not follow that and it really grasps the emotional end of that and i remember the first time i watched it it just hit me so hard it did, yeah that he was missing out on everything on everything and he knew it and he knew it and, and it would just be so horrible to think of someone out in space coming back and they haven't aged a day a day yeah and and it's incredible how you actually see that like how that how it's true you know like how it's, it's, like have you seen anyone like explain time travel in a sense that's how like, it works in, yeah. like like space travel like how much time you could actually lose while remaining the same age yeah which is just it boggles my mind and how mm. you just manage to capture it and kind of make it almost like accessible. straightforward and accessible to like a, that's it all blockbuster straight up it but couldn't yeah, be it's anymore a, it's a blockbuster that that obviously has a a very non non yeah. blockbuster concept, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not yeah. to move away from Interstellar, but that is how film should be done. I that's honestly in my in my big opinion. I, I throw Tarantino on in this as well. Off blockbusters, you should make a film accessible, whilst also hitting on complex issues or complex like theories or complex anything. But you need to make it accessible and you need to make it entertaining. Because you want to hit everyone, you yeah, know. You want, I mean, you want to you want to make a movie that people can enjoy and and get. But it's also got depth behind it. It's also intricate. It's also mm. intelligent. Like this. and like as we say, like the, like the, this is a film about something as high concept as space and time and, and how small humanity is. And what I what I love about that is like, if you watch, I watch loads of fucking nerdy fucking YouTube channels about like space and time and stuff. And like con- constant like. Uh, physicists and stuff will always go on about how insignificant we are and how we're we're so small. But Interstellar puts humanity at the heart of the story the and of, how yeah. how our struggle to keep going because it is it's and a, not accept that this is the end. Of it's survival at the end. Survival, of the day. I mean, yeah. Like, that is the crux of mm, Interstellar. Mm. It's kind of, kind of like the same way Inception is just a story about a heist. A heist, you know? yeah, I mean, exactly, like he yeah. he takes these kind of base ideas and he just builds a complex world around it. Yeah. You know, and I and uh, I'm I'm gonna actually. This was also a movie that I always pair with um, one of my other favorite sci-fi movies, Arrival. Yeah, because they both have the same approach to time. Yeah. In that, the fourth dimension, see time as one thing that they can just view and pick points in it. It's not that they can travel in it, but they can just it's point. N- it's out. not linear. It's not. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's it's just this. It's not. It's not right to say it's a loop, but because. In Arrival, the whole thing is that they know they're it's going to die. It's, like, a it's a palindrome. It's a palindrome, exactly. An, and, and Interstellar a, does the exact same thing. It's the name, Hannah. And, like. Yeah, and it doesn't necessarily matter what point they pick 
him to deliver the information back to Murph. It's just that it's just that it gets there. It gets there, and know? they know this is the point where he tells. And that's Murph. always going to happen. And it's always going to happen. Yeah, mm. exactly. Like, and it's just God. It's a beautiful film. It's such a beautiful really, film. Really, really, beautiful really film. is a beautiful. Yeah, film. yeah it's a beautiful film. It's, yeah. it's you know what's always so, yeah. I just completely off topic here, and like we've only got a few minutes left, but uh, that argument. Would you rather go on unlimited holidays for the rest of your life or go to space once? What what do you pick? Oh man, you I guys mean, are fucking so idiots much... if you're not going to space once. I, oh well, this is the thing. There's so many countries I want to go to, but I need to see space. Yeah, like, like no one gets to do that. No one gets it. There's a literally a handful of people yeah. in the history of mankind. The history of dogs. A couple of dogs. A couple of dogs. A couple of dead. A couple of dead dogs. A couple of monkeys. Uh, <laughs> dead monkeys. You know, um, Laika, uh, the dog. She's stuffed in a Russian museum in a Russian cosmonaut, cosmonaut museum. You know, Laika. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. She died, but they got her stuffed and. Uh, it, the, the, it's, nice. it's, it's actually so cute she's like standing there and she looks like the most patriotic dog <laughs> they have a proper like face standing out looking in she was probably like why am I starving today yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why am I, why am I like, burning up in this whoa, capsule whoa. Like, the dog died like on impact or did the dog come back no she she, she came back and uh, she survived like it did mm. but like died like few years after oh no oh, oh i thought she died in Spain. no 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 sure they, oh, they nice. had she had to come back for them to know we could send people up there i thought yeah i thought she was a failed mission that though no no there, there, was, was, a couple, a there was a couple failed. the monkeys died the, monkey, the, monkey, the monkeys died. They, no they, they died because they, they, they freaked out dogs are actually remarkably calm yeah. they said the dogs actually just sat there fucking clue what's going and on. just wrote it out you monkeys, won't send the monkey up first monkeys though. were like monkey would be the point of call it would be one like i mean they're, they're basically us yeah or have you seen no, not the Rick and Morty episode. <laughs> <laughs> but like dogs in a car will just kind of like sit there and chill. They'll just know? accept it. Like whereas, know, like if you see a cat in a car, they'll jump everywhere. everywhere. I think that's why the monkeys died and stuff. They they just got they so just panicked. They took heart attacks and stuff and all. Yeah. But anyway, um, imagine fucking spending all that money on a rocket and your monkey is a heart attack. <laughs> 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 it, fucks up. it fucks up your day. Like. All right, so are we kind of out of consensus? Christopher Nolan is an absolute pioneer. Yeah, yeah. Just one more thing I want to get into. Just in terms of VFX, how amazing is Gargantua Brilliant. the Black Hole in, uh, in, in Interstellar? Yeah. How it's amazing. Just go that. watch the scene. You, it's know it's a, so you know it's an excellent scene when they have it on YouTube for like five minutes five of the minutes movie. Of the yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. It's, just, yeah. it's got 13 million views. And, and just one thing to do is when you watch these Nolan movies, just picture Interstellar and then picture following and how actually different they are but they also have that same kind of... Well, you see, even like when you you mentioned you kind of moved away from that non-linear thing, I feel like non-linear is just like, it's, it, even if when it's not the format of the plot, it's still everything to do with, to the, do plot, with the plot. To do with the plot, yeah, I mean. 100% true. Mm. But um, yeah, I think I think we, we could we could talk for hours and yeah. hours about So what's your attended? Like what's your favourite Nolan film? Yeah, let's, let's do that. Mine mine's Interstellar, it's well documented. I've I've gone on about it for about ten minutes there, so Mine would also be Interstellar. Yeah. I'm gonna say Inception just as I said, I think it's the perfect movie, but close second Interstellar. It's just stunning. It just Every Nolan film. That's leaving out Dark Knight, though. To be Steven fair, yeah. I mean, the Dark Knight is actually my favorite Christopher Nolan film. Yeah, but yeah. Actually, I completely forgot about. It. I I was gonna leave it out because I mean, again, I think that's a completely we always different put them universe. as a different beast. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but uh, no, the Dark Knight would definitely be yeah. my favorite Nolan mm. film. Um. Yeah, and I think that's everyone. Yeah. All right. So thanks again, guys, for tuning into another episode of the Full Feature. Next week, I believe we're doing. 
what are the films that we settled on? No, no, we're gonna are we gonna we're do we're gonna do with... yeah we're oh, gonna, we're gonna do, do bad movies with great concepts. Yeah, so I think that we're gonna be focusing on the likes of the butterfly effect, for example. Yeah, as one, we'll also have a couple more to yeah. go with that in time. time. In know. time, yeah, think... there's lots out there, and um, I think it'd be fun. Well, like, yeah, imagine guys... Christopher Nolan did butterfly effect. Fuck me, that'd be a great incredible. movie. And if you guys have seen a movie that you disappointed you, but you liked the idea around it, it could have been done better. Let us know as well, because I mean, we'll we'll definitely work out a good few good more, few. and and I mean they'll probably be pretty well known as I I mean Jumper was on the table. So. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, give us a like on our Instagram or a follow on our Instagram. Download us wherever you listen to podcasts, and give us a review as well if you could. That would be great. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.